forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so that they would die at the time Moses was born. A beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months. When they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both in speech and in action. One day, when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. Let's take a pen in that moment right there, as we're going to talk about being drawn out of conflict. When we look at this, I want to point out that Steve is pointing out something very important I want you to grab here, that the conditions that they were in. It says, as the time drew near when God would, because somebody say God would, fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. So notice here, God is always moving. Anybody here glad that God is always moving? Even while we might... And, and can, our conditions may look like he's not moving, but God is always moving. In this condition, they went from being growing and prosperous that a king felt threatened that he decided that he would oppress and exploit the people of Israel. But notice here why this king chooses to oppress and exploit the people of Israel because he did not know his history. But we'll get to that in a moment. But I want to point out here. You do not choose the conditions of your birth. Your conditions, however, impact you in diverse ways, but yet that was not your choice. I I, I did not choose the family I was birthed in. I did not choose my siblings. I did not choose my house. I did not choose my address. But yet I thank God he did. And so when we look at it, that God is in control of our conditions, but yet you have the choice how you will respond in your condition. See, the child did not choose these conditions, or nor did the child choose his name. But the child chose how to live. We're going to get to that as we unpack this text. But notice the condition that Moses was born in a time of conflict between the Egyptians and the Jews, a time of oppression, that the relationship of Egypt with the Jews became one of master and servant and slave. And it was a harsh slavery. It was hard times. It was not easy times because they were fearful of Israel. And it says he forgot all about Joseph. Exodus 1 chapter verse 8 says eventually a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He did not know his history. And the saying goes right, if you don't know your history, doomed to repeat. Another thing about when people do not know their history, they don't know who to give credit to or what their success is coming from. Sometimes we forget that we are standing high because we're standing on the shoulders of those who came before. And sometimes we forget that the reason why we are in a secure place because of the work and the foundations that were done before us. And, and here, even in this text, we find out that even in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of this condition, primarily when I highlight the women of God stepped up. They were not allowing their condition to impact them in doing what is right. See, even Moses' mother chose to rebel against the king. Exodus 1 says, eventually a new king came right in the power and he knew nothing about Joseph and what he had done. So what did he do? He decided, said, we're going to, verse 9 says, he said to the people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are 
stronger than we are, we must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. They will escape from the country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down and with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, look what happens, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread. And the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. When people do not know their history, they do not respect their heritage or acknowledge the ones responsible for their success. The new king did not know how Joseph saved them in the midst of a time of famine. He did not understand that Israel was only there temporarily, that they were not going to make Egypt their home. But yet he had his own mind and understanding based on his own fear, false evidence appearing real, to therefore he will oppress and suppress and punish the Israelites due to fear that they will team up against them, not knowing they were on the same team. Therefore, he makes these oppressive policies. People fear the unknown will feed their hatred. This great fear moved the king to want to kill babies, not just any babies, but the male babies, baby boys. And, and because of this harshness, we see how the women stepped up. Verse 15 and 16 of chapter one says, then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave the order to the Hebrew midwives, Shepra and Pua. When you help the Hebrew women as they give her, watch as they deliver. If the, if the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. The midwives feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live to look at this. Now, in the midst of this conflict, in the midst of oppression, the women stepped up and said, we're going to fight back. I'm, I'm so glad that we can look throughout history and realize it's been women. Been stepping up and speaking out. In the midst of conflicts and oppression. Now, see the situation again. They're not choosing this condition, but they're in this condition. But they're choosing how they're going to respond to this condition. I want you to encourage you that God can draw us out of our conflict if we keep on trusting in him. Notice their trust in God superseded their trust in Pharaoh. Do I have a witness here? That I will trust God who is able. Can somebody say he's able <laughs> to do all things? And so when I can trust him, I don't have to do what you say because it sounds good because it makes you feel good, but I'm going to do what is good, and God is good. And so the women through history have been continuing to be leading the way in times of conflict, a time of depression, a time of oppression. Here is no different. We see it right here. These women decided that we're not going to do what O'Farrell wants us to do. If you go back and look through history, we can talk, we can quote Harriet Tubman, Sojourner True, Ida B. Wells, Fannie Lou Hammer, Rosa Parks, all the way to Shirley Chisholm to now Madam Vice President. We can look at women being trailblazing and breaking forth in the midst of oppression and people trying to push you down because they don't want to see you succeed. But yet, a woman always knows how to protect her children. <laughs> and look at Moses' mother. They said this baby was too beautiful <laughs> for us to get. Y'all see that, right? Say it was good in our eyes. <laughs> oh, praise God. Praise God. That, that, they said this baby. Now, here's a beautiful thing. Now, that baby could have been ugly to you and me, but always to a mother. I got a witness here. A baby's beautiful. Always oh, to a mother. A baby is beautiful. Cause I know I wasn't the cutest baby, but my mama loved me. Made me feel so cute. I thank you, Jesus. So I can see Moses' mom looking at this baby and say, I can't let this baby go away. We're going to protect this baby. And then she protected him as long as she could. Said three months and said, 
made a basket. And, and the text says that the same word can be used as a word as an ark. Yeah, y'all catch that. And notice how the ark was his protection. <laughs> and so they put him in a, in a papyrus and an ark and, and tarred it so that it can go in the water in the reeds. And notice again, not only did Moses' mom look out, he got a big sister looking out. It said his sister was watching from a distance, seeing what's happening to this baby. And, and then the text tells us that Pharaoh's daughter comes out to go bathing in the, in the water. So notice mama knew what's going on. Mama, if, if Pharaoh's daughter's coming out, the people must know. Where Pharaoh's daughter goes out to bathe. And that's something here that she knew that this must be a good spot to put my baby, that somebody might find my baby, have compassion on my baby. Aren't you glad how mamas know how to work things out? So she's looking out, say, I, I know if I place my baby here, I can see it here that it's going to work out, to, that that baby's going to find a home. Not no alligator's going to eat it, not some wild beast is going to eat it, but it's going to find a home. But here's another thing I want to point out here, that not only was mom looking out, big sister is looking out. God is always looking out. When we think that some things can't work out, God is already putting stuff in plan, using certain people to get you in a position and the place that you need to be. I say you need to be, not where you want to be. I wish I had a few more witnesses here. That there's some place we want to be that God does not want us there, but he's going to put us where we need to be. I guarantee you, Moses didn't want to be in no basket, floating on some water. I guarantee you, Mama didn't want to get rid of her baby and put him out her house and put him in some water. But yet, because of God putting them in this condition, it caused them to do some things extraordinary that they never done before. Won't he do? God's plan for using Moses was beyond their understanding, beyond their even knowledge, but yet God was using them. To get them to for Israel's deliverance. But yet everybody got to start somewhere. So then the baby sister approaches the princess and says, should I go find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Isn't that something? She watched at a distance. And now she is bold enough. Now, check this out. right? They are already the enemy. They are already oppressing the people. And yet she's going to go to the master, not just any master, but one of the king, the one who's responsible for the policy, say, hey, do you mind if I go find someone to nurse this baby? So the boldness, the temerity, the audacity for her to go up and say, hey, I, I can help you find somebody to nurse this baby. And you know who she's going to get? Her mama. Hey, babe, mama, you can spend some more quality time <laughs> with your baby boy. Ain't that something? Look how God worked out. So here it is, that. Pharaoh does not know his history, but Moses is about to get his history. Mm. He's, God is putting him in this condition that he's going to learn who he is before he goes into the palace. So go from a basket case to a palace. And the same, same conditions in our life that God can use our conditions, the conflicts, the issues, the contrary things that are going to make us better, to make us stronger, to condition us, to lead us to where he wants us to because of our past history. Some of us know that when you look at your resume and you look at your experience in life and you realize that, man, I've been through a lot in my life. Sometimes we don't understand until it comes to realize that I know how to do this because what I've been through. Anybody been there before? That you don't have a degree, you don't got no letters behind your name, but yet you're able to do some stuff because you got the experience of how to do it. There's people out here that have no garage, they have no insurance, but yet they know how to fix an engine. 
I was at a witness out here. There's people out there that, that don't have any business of their own, but yet they got a business because they know how to lay electricity. They know how to carpenter. They know how to work because they got experience of working with somebody in the past. And I learned how to do this. Moses is learning his history, being trained by his mother. He's being here, and this is something I want to encourage and help out that what God is doing now, he foretold back in Genesis. Genesis 15 chapter, verse 13 says, Then the Lord said to Abram, You can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land, where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. Now, I want you to grasp this. It says, Then the Lord said to Abram, Abram, who we know to be Abraham. So this is before Abram had kids. <laughs> God told him, your kids that you do not have now are going to be slaves in a foreign land. Now, Abram is, it does not mean father. Abraham means father of many. So this is before he has any children, before he's even 100 years. He's letting them know that you're about to be a dad. And yet your descendants, your children will be in slaves. I want to point this out to you. So this is some years later. God is working out the plan of deliverance through the birth of Moses. The exodus that we're going to discover and celebrate when we read this text. Before Abram even understood he was always going to be father Abraham. Before he knew he was going to have a son named Isaac. Before Isaac knew he was going to have Jacob and Esau. Before we know that Jacob's going to be the father of Israel and have the 12 sons. That these are the children of Israel. Before all of that, that Israel would have his son Joseph to redeem Egypt and save all his people. He, God, told Abram before all that, your people will be oppressed. I'm going to highlight this because God's omnipotence does not, is beyond our understanding. And I want to point out, does not, does not allow our conditions to limit what he can do for us because God already knows what he's doing for us. So our condition does not surprise God as it surprises us. <laughs> God knew centuries before how he was going to deliver. He was planning this from the beginning using the descendants and the children of Abraham. We know Abraham as the father of Israel, but we know Moses as the father, the founding father of the religion. And so here it is that we see Moses being groomed right now under a condition of oppression, being separated from his family, being raised, being adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. This condition that's placed him is shaping him and forming him to help him to be the ruler that God wants him to be. But again, we don't choose our conditions, but we choose how we will respond. God has set the scene up and the setting for Moses. How Moses will respond will we determine his journey. If anybody here understand that you can choose to go on a journey, but sometimes your decision can determine how long it will be. Anybody ever make a wrong turn? And, and, and the distance says you are half an hour to two hours later. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> Not knowing that they, what they know that you about to get into some traffic trying to get back on to what you just got off. It's amazing how we know where we want to go, but yet our decisions can cause detours, can cause some delays, can cause some times things don't get how we want to. But I want to point out here that God has chosen Moses, but Moses' choice is going to cause him a delay. It says in Exodus chapter 2, verse 10, later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her son. 
the princess named him Moses. Verse 6 explained, I lifted him out of the water. I want to spend a moment here about how she named him. Sometimes we are named from our conditions. We know some people that were named based on their condition they were born. Uh, I, I, I know my mom told me this story about how she named me Samuel. Because as, as Hannah prayed for a child, she didn't think she was going to have another child. But she had me. Now, I don't know if that was an answer to a prayer. That's, you got to talk to her about that. But, <laughs> but I got the name Samuel. I showed up. <laughs> There's some people out there that got some names because of the condition that they were born in. That you have a child named Preston. You got a child named you know, a May from the month of May or August or autumn based on the season. You have children named after a, a, a sibling or aunt or uncle because it means something. Moses' name means to be drawn out of. He was drawn out of the water. <laughs> he was drawn out of conflict. He was drawn out of oppression. He was drawn out. Because says he's going to draw people of Israel out. His name means something. But also not only in the Hebrew it means to be drawn out, but in Egyptian it means just boy or son. So to her, he's just a child. He's just a child. It's, it's something how names mean something to somebody, but don't mean the same thing to somebody else. <laughs> Because it could be, my name is, is Samuel, means something to me, but you, I know a lot of people named Samuel. But she could say, this child Moses just means boy or son, but God says, I'm glad you that I did name him Moses, because he's going to be drawing people out. <laughs> and so the power of the condition has caused his name is shaping him. Moses drawn out from water. Moses is, is beginning his interaction with Egyptian royalty, and he's a, and it's set around water. Think about that for a moment. He divided the Red Sea. <laughs> they walked through Jordan to get into it. He turned the water red. Yet his interaction began to be drawn out as involved in water. And so we see that his name has meaning and purpose. But yet also want to highlight here that he's going from a place of oppression to a place of prominence, a place of privilege and education. Acts 7 chapter gives us the history here, verses 22 and 23. It says Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And was powerful in both speech and action. One day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. I'm going to stop there for a moment. But notice here that because he was raised in the palace, not only did he know his Hebrew heritage, his, his being a Jew, being a son of Abraham, he also was trained in all wisdom of Egyptians. So he knew military might. He knew politics. He knew the government. He understood how the Egyptians were working. But notice this. He's able to get this because of the condition he was born. No, no other Hebrew child was getting trained as an Egyptian, being recognized as an Egyptian because they didn't like the Hebrews. So they weren't going to privilege them with such education. Isn't that something how we live in a time that when some people don't respect you, they, they won't give you the same privilege? They won't let you in the same place? They won't allow you to look at the same things? We, we've known history of our American history, how they drain pools because they don't want nobody to swim. If, you, if they go let black people swim. Y'all quiet on me. Pool is closed. Because if they, can't, if they swim, we got to drain the pool. So we're just going to drain so nobody swims. We're going to ruin it for everybody. We live in a time that when we allow hatred and fear separate us, that we keep ourselves divided. But here God is bringing them together by using one man to get knowledge and understanding. But notice again that he's only here because of the perseverance of his mother to fight against the power. 
his sister to have the temerity and the audacity to go and say, I believe I can find somebody to take care of the baby. And Cat says, Mama got paid to raise up her child. Yeah, so, so, so she got to take her child also. She got to benefit her family and continue to provide for Moses' siblings while she got to love on him. Then now he's getting the best education they can get in the land. But notice now he's dealing with conflict. Has anybody here that you have two backgrounds or two identities, sometimes you have conflicts. You try to wonder, how do I honor one and not disrespect the other? And so here it is. We see this conflict coming in verse 24. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Remember I said that sometimes our choices can cause detours. Sometimes our choices can cause delays. So Moses, Moses' eternal conflict comes fulfilled in presence. He's fighting between an Egyptian and being an Israelite. He says, you know what? I'm going to take the lesson. I'm going to be the defender for the oppressed, and I'm going to fight. I'm going to kill this one for oppressing my people. Verse 25 tells us of Acts 7, chapter Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. Y'all catch that? Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God has sent him to rescue them, but they did it. The next day he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Hey, you know what? I'm a leader here. You men, he said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting each other, right? Wisdom, right? I'm a leader. Tell them, y'all brothers, why y'all fighting? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside and says, who made you a ruler and a judge over us, he asked. Now, that's profound because Moses is ruler and judge. But they don't recognize him yet because the time is not now. Let me help somebody out here. See, Moses wanted it now, but God said, not nah, yet. Sure. Anybody see that there? Moses assumed now's the time. For me to be the leader, they're like, we don't recognize you. So Moses' choice was not well thought out. His judgment caused him to move in anger and haste that it allowed him to now be rejected by the people he's supposed to be accepted for. He did not make the most rational decision, so end up now that he has to retreat and run into the wilderness. Exodus second chapter verses two thir- thir- uh, chapter two verses thirteen and fifteen give us the background here. It says the next day when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, "Who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday?" Then Moses was afraid, thinking, "Everyone knows what I did." And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from, from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. I want to highlight this that Moses' life in Acts 7 chapter, Stephen talks about it in thirds. His first season of 40 years, growing into a man, feeling his oaths. I'm going to be the leader of the oppressed, but yet God says you're not fully trained yet. He was trained up. Raised, weaned by his mother, understanding his identity to relate to the children of Israel. 
But now he was raised up learning the gods of Egypt, learning their ways, but he does not know God of Israel. And so he has to go into a wilderness experience. I encourage us that sometimes when we get drawn out of conflict, it's not a, a direct road into success. You might have to go through some hardships. You might have to go through some training and some development. If you don't believe me, just ask Jesus. After he got baptized, he said he went into the wilderness. There's some times that we got to have some kind of training and prepping and seasoning, and it may not be easy, but we'll be out on the other side stronger, brighter, and better because of what God has prepared us to face. And so he ran. He ran and scared and hide, and he goes out into the wilderness. But then again, I want to highlight he did not choose his condition, but he made his choices. And when he made his choice, he had to deal with his consequences. And dealing with his consequences, he had to go out into the wilderness where we're going to pick up next time. We will find out how God blessed him to find a wife and have two children of his own. And he was happy out there in the wilderness. He forgot about his troubles. He forgot about his problems. And he went out. But sometimes in our lives that we go through so much conflict, we want to run away. And we forget about our issues, but yet we might have to face them later on. But here I want to encourage you that don't, don't worry about when you got to face and Know that God will give you the strength and the power to face We want to talk about that later on. But right now we're going to talk about how he had made a choice. And because of his choice, it took him on a detour. That he had to leave the palace. His choice cost his comfort. His choice cost him to leave everything that he did know. To go find something that sometimes in our lives that we're going to find out that we got to let go in order to learn and do greater things. That we sometimes we have to be drawn out of our condition, drawn out of our comfort, drawn out of a place of convenience and pleasure in order to understand how we need to stand up and trust God more than we ever trust him before. Moses sees all this falling apart as he runs away. It has been 40 years to lead him to this path. And God is still with him. Even as he's trying to find his way, we too can take comfort that even while we're trying to find our way, God is with us, helping us to figure out. Trust that God's love will bring you to where he wants you to be, where he can use you. Trust him as you're going through your situation, knowing that God is leading you to where he wants you to be. Just wait on the Lord. We can look at this text and see in the background how God was moving on Moses' behalf. I want you to understand that though you may not see God moving in your life, I want you to know that God is still moving in your life. Beloved, keep on trusting him. And knowing just like Moses, you may not fully understand how it's working out, but know if God can draw you out in the past, he can do it again. And can Moses can look back at this moment of this conflict that he's running from all that he knows. I hope he can, in his mind, start thinking about that. God redeemed me out from Pharaoh trying to kill me. He stopped them trying to kill me as a baby. That I was raised in, 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 in full wisdom as an Egyptian of knowledge and power. But then it came the time of conflict. I had to choose that. How am I going to live? Am I going to live as the oppressor or will I identify with the oppressed? And just like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I'm so glad he identifies with the oppressed, that he took our place on the cross, that he died for our sin. He was bruised for our ignorance. By his stripes, we are here. He took our place that we may not know death and separation from God, but we may know the power of the resurrection and eternal life by placing our faith in Jesus 
Christ. So just as we can see how Moses is being used by God to bring forth redemption, and we know the story of our Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. And so we know that the conditions that we're in, they do not have to identify us. But we can choose to re-identify and rename ourselves. For example, we know Michael Jordan as his Aaronist. Some say he is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. But before there was Michael Jordan, there was a lot of people named Michael Jordan, but it didn't mean it. But now when you say Michael Jordan, you always think about Michael Jordan, the NBA player. It's amazing how that name has changed from where you know Jordan and Jordan River. But now when you say Jordan by itself, you don't think of Jordan the River. You think of Jordan shoes. Hello, somebody. His name changed how things work out, right? You say Jordan, somebody knows you're talking about shoes or the basketball player. Based on what he has done, he changed the way his name works out. Some of us understand how we went and searched now. If you go search on Google, but you know before it was Google, they were meant to be Google Plex, but they misspelled it. And so they put it Google, G-O-L-E, instead of O at the end. And so the situation, but the name don't matter now. You still say, I like Google. You go and search on Google. That's why when Microsoft is about to close down their web search because everybody's going to Google. It's amazing how a name can change the identity. So now you don't say, I'm going to go search. You say, I'm going to go Google. How did that word become a verb? We change the names and impact. And so here it is. I'm going to encourage you. Don't allow your condition to define who you are. But you can define your condition by making your choice to say, I will trust in him who can bring me out or whatever I'm going through. That my God is able to do exceedingly above beyond what I can ask or think or even imagine. So Zion, I want to encourage you, beloved out there, I want to encourage you, though, don't give up. Don't give in because of the oppression and the condition that you're in. But know that your God can use you to overcome and step up and bring and bring forth change and cause change and be the change you want to see. And we can do that in the power of our God. Let us pray. Mighty God, we thank you that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And Father, we realize, Lord, that we may be in some trying times. But Lord, we thank you, Lord, that whatever we're in, you can pull us out. For God, you have a destiny for us. And we know that that's over in glory. But while we're on this earthly journey, we thank you, Lord, that you'll walk with us, you'll commune with us, you'll teach us and help us. So Father, help us, Lord, right now to forget about ourselves and concentrate on you. Let us seek your will, Almighty God. Let's seek your ways. Forgive us, Lord, for our selfish, for our pride, for our ego, that we wanted things now instead of waiting on your time. But we thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and you will lead us and you are patient, you are gracious, you are merciful. And the Father, there's someone who does not know Jesus Christ. As their Lord and say, Lord, we pray that they can confess with their mouth and please in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and rose from the grave on the third day. Father, we pray that they will find a Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church to disciple them and help them to grow in the admonition of you. Now, Father, Lord, as we are signing off, Lord, we pray that you continue to dwell within us as we surrender to your God. You forever be our God. You forever call us your people. Through your precious Son, our Lord, in your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. Continue to connect, stay connected with us through our website, through our YouTube, and our Facebook page. 
We also can give online through our website, giantbcpeoria.com, or you can also text to give by downloading our app also on our website. Thank you. God bless you. Until we meet again, remember, Jesus loves you, and so do I.